Well, hello and welcome back. And if I yawn through this episode again, I am I am completely sorry. It seems like every time I start reading it, I just start yawning and I apologize. But today we're on day 28 of our Bible reading. And we will reading start reading in Exodus uh, chapter 5, verse 22. And we will go to 7, verse 25. Then Moses went back to the Lord and protested, Why have you brought all this trouble on your own people, Lord? Why did you send me? Ever since I come to Pharaoh as your spokesman, he has been even more brutal to your people, and you have done nothing to rescue them. Promise of deliverance. Then the Lord told Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. When he feels the force of my strong hand, he will let the people go. In fact, he will force them to leave his land. And God said to Moses, I am Yahweh, the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and El Shaddai. God Almighty, but I did not reveal my name, Yahweh, to them. And I reaffirmed my covenant with them. Under its terms, I promised to give them to the land of Canaan, where, there was, where they were living as foreigners. You can be sure that I have heard the groans of the people of Israel, who are now slaves to the Egyptians, and I am well aware of my covenant with them. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said, but they refused to listen anymore. They had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go back to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and tell him to let the people of Israel leave his country. But Lord, Moses objected, My own people won't listen to me anymore. How can I expect Pharaoh to listen? I am such a clumsy speaker. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them the orders of the Israelites. And for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, The Lord commanded Moses and Aaron to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. The Ancestors of Moses and Aaron These are the ancestors of some of the clans of Israel. The sons of Reuben, Israel's oldest son, were Hanak, Pala, Hezron, and Kamari. The descendants became the clans of Reuben. The sons of Simeon were Jamal, Jamin, Odin, Jachin, Zorah, and Shemal, Shals, Mother was a Canaanite woman. Their descendants became the clans of Simeon. These are the descendants of Levi, as listed in the family of records. The son of Levi were Geshen, Koth, and Merar. Levi lived to be 137 years old. The descendants of Garshan included Libyan and Shimei, each of who became the ancestors of a clan. The descendants of Koth included Abraham Izar, Hebron, and Uzziah. Kohath lived to be 133. The descendants of Merimah included Malai and Musha. 
These are the clans of the Levites as listed in the family records. Amran married his father's sister, Chekorath, and she gave birth to his sons, Aaron and Moses. Amran lived to be 137 years old. The sons of Isgar were Quran and Nepeg and Zikrar. The sons of Uzil were Mishal, Zephlin, and Sethor. Aaron married Elabish, the daughter of Amadad, and sister of Nashan, and she gave birth to his sons, Nahab, Abu, Elazar, and Ethamar. The sons of Korah were Ishar, Kalan, and Abishmah. Their descendants became the clans of Korah. Elazar, or son of Aaron, married one of the daughters of Puthil, and she gave birth to his son, Finish, Finish. These are the ancestors of Levite families listed according to their clans. The Aaron and Moses named in the in this list are the same ones to whom the Lord said, "Lead the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt like an army." It was Moses and Aaron who spoke to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, about leading the people of Israel out of Egypt. When the Lord spoke to Moses in the the land of Egypt. He said to him, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, everything I am telling you. But Moses argued with the Lord, saying, I can't do it. I'm such a clumsy speaker. Why should Pharaoh listen to me? Aaron's staff becomes a serpent. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pay close attention to this. I will make you seem like a god to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. Tell Aaron everything I command you, and Aaron must command Pharaoh to let the people of Israel leave his country. But I will make Pharaoh's heart stubborn so I can multiply many miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Even then Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you. So I will bring down my my fist on Egypt. Then I will rescue my force. But people, the Israelites, from the land of Egypt with great acts of judgment. When I rise my powerful hand and bring out the Israelites, the Egyptians will will know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. Moses was eighty years old, and Aaron was eighty-three when they made their demands to Pharaoh. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Pharaoh will demand, show me a miracle. When he does this, say to Aaron, take your staff, throw it on throw it down in front of Pharaoh, and it will become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did what the Lord had commanded them. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh called in his own wise men and scores. And these Egyptian, Egyptian magicians did the same thing with their magic. They threw down their staffs, which also became serpents. But then Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Pharaoh's heart, however, remained hard. He still refused to listen, just as the Lord had predicted, a plague of blood. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is stubborn, and he still refuses to let the people go. So go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes down to the river. Stand on the river bank of the Nile and meet him there. Be sure to take along the staff that turned into a snake. Then announce to him, 
The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to tell you, let my people go so they can worship me in the wilderness. Until now you have refused to listen to him. So this is what the Lord says. I will show you that I am the Lord. Look, I will strike the water of the Nile with the staff in my hand, and the river will turn to blood. The fish in it will die, and the river will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink any water from the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, Take your staff and raise your hand over the water of Egypt, all of its rivers, canals, ponds, all the rivieras. Turn all the water to blood. Everywhere in Egypt the water will turn to blood, even the water stored in wooden bowls and stone pots. So Moses and Aaron did just what the Lord commanded. As Pharaoh and all of his officials watched, Aaron raised his staff and struck the water of the Nile. Suddenly the whole river turned to blood. The fish in the river died and the water became so foul the Egyptians couldn't drink it. There was blood everywhere throughout the land of Egypt. But again, the magicians of Egypt used their magic and they too turned the water into blood. So Pharaoh's heart remained hardened. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron just as the Lord had predicted. Pharaoh returned to his palace and put the whole thing out of his hand, of his mind. Then all the Egyptians dug along the riverbanks to find drinking water, for they couldn't drink the water from the Nile. Seven days passed from the time the Lord struck the Nile. So now we turn to Matthew. 18, 1 through 20. The greatest in the kingdom. About that time, and the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes a as humble as the little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who becomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. But if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it will be better for you to have a large milestone or millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. What sorrow awaits the world because it attempts or it tempts people to sin. Temptations are inevitable. But what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? So if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand or one foot than to be thrown into eternal fire by your, your hands and feet. If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one eye than to have two eyes. You know what I did? I started reading at 18.1, and we're supposed to be at 18.21 to 19.12. So I do apologize. So we're going to start where we're supposed to be at. So 18.21. The parable of the unforgiven debtor. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Not 
No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but seventy times seven. Therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to the date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors who bought or brought in who owed him millions of dollars, he couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded his payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. The king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgive you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Discussion about Divorce and Marriage When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went down to the region of Judah, east of the Jordan River. Large crowds followed him there, and he healed their sick. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with, their, with these questions. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied? They recorded from the beginning, God made them, made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Then, why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away, they asked. Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts, but it was not what God had originally intended. And I tell you this, however... Or whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery unless his wife has been unfaithful. Jesus' disciples then said to him, if, it's, if this is the case, it's better not to marry. Not everyone can accept this statement, Jesus said. Only those who God helps. Some are born as urchins. Some have been made urchins by others. And some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. Now we turn to Psalm 23, 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, brings honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. 
You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And then we go to Proverbs 5, 22 and 23. An evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of his great foolishness. And thank you all again for joining us today. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.